Matt LaFleur spoke to the media in a post-mortem press conference after, of course, the Green Bay Packers lose to the San Francisco 49ers. Where is this team headed? What hints did Matt LaFleur provide? The future of Joe Barry, David Bakhtiari, where they are with Jordan Love. We're going to dig into all of it on today's show. You are locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you like a good cup of coffee. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Matt LaFleur refused to answer questions about his staff, saying he wasn't ready to make those decisions. To me, That says it all. And maybe later today, he comes out and says, Joe Barry is my guy and he's staying. And they actually, I thought, put together a pretty good plan on Saturday night. They put together a really good plan against the Dallas Cowboys. They made some key changes late in the year. And and things really did change in a material way for this defense. But I want to take you back. I want to take you back to last year. Coaches always do these end-of-the-year press conferences. And I want to just read to you the quote from that press conference. He was asked about staff changes. I don't really anticipate a whole lot, if any staff changes at all. Certainly, I think there's a lot of things that all of us can improve upon, most notably myself. But I do believe in the people, not only in this locker room, but in our staff. Now, he said a lot of the same things about Everyone's got to be better and there was some good and some bad and all of that. But he didn't say, importantly, did not say, Joe Barry's going to be back. Our staff is going to be back. I anticipate everyone being back. He had the opportunity to say that. He said it last year. He didn't say it. And we're going to get to David Bakhtiari because there's what Matt LaFleur said about that and more importantly to me, what he didn't say and Malifor has done this before. Like he knows this question's coming. He tried to preempt it. He was asked it six different ways and never really gave a straight answer. I think there are real changes coming to this coaching staff. And I don't think it's because there's a panic or anything like that. But remember when... Matt LaFleur got here. Mike Patton was the defensive coordinator. And he had a staff. And Matt LaFleur 
there's been a lot of speculation that, you know, Mike Patton was was pushed on him by management. Um, the reporting has been that that Mike Patton was at least on a list of potential candidates from Matt LaFleur when he was presenting himself to the team. I don't know the truth of all of that, but it has always been weird that there has been very little turnover on that staff over the last few seasons, especially as Joe Barry took over the defensive play calling. They bring in a new defensive coordinator and change basically nothing about your staff. Joe Witt moves on. He's in Dallas now with Mike McCarthy. Some speculation he might follow Dan Quinn or that he might stay in Dallas if Dan Quinn leaves, become the defensive coordinator for Mike McCarthy. There just hasn't been very much turnover. And frankly, I would love to see that change. And change for change's sake is not an inherent good. I don't believe in that. But there has been too much stasis on this team and stasis breeds complacency. They brought in some some new blood at some different positional coaches spots and it seems to have really invigorated some of those spaces. Bringing in, you know, for whatever you want to say about Nathaniel Hackett now, he was the perfect coordinator for Matt LaFleur to help bridge the gap with Aaron Rodgers and, and the Paul Hackett, Mike McCarthy West Coast and what Matt LaFleur wanted to run. And, and he resonated with Aaron Rodgers to the point that the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett to try and lure Aaron Rodgers and then the Jets uh, hired Nathaniel Hackett to, to actually lure Aaron Rodgers. And, and that was an inspired hire. Even if Nathaniel Hackett is not a world beater coach, he was the perfect coach in that circumstance. And in 2020, everyone on that team, players, coaches, credit Nathaniel Hackett for the fact that that red zone offense was among the greatest we've ever seen. But then, you know, Luke Getze goes to Chicago. Nathaniel Hackett goes to New York. And all you really do is bump everyone up the food chain one rung. You bring in Joe Barry and all you do is replace Mike Pettin with Joe Barry. This team needs the same sort of attitude that it takes with its players where it's competition constantly. They, in the division, we can't, I, this is still a little hard to wrap your mind around. In a divisional playoff game, they were rotating their right guard. <laughs> I mean, think about that. That's crazy. No one, no team, no team does that. He, Matt LaFleur believes in competition, believes in constantly pushing to find new ways. He is a process over outcomes kind of coach. And so I, I understand he believes in his people and he wants to be loyal and he wants to do all the things that coaches are supposed to do. But it's clear and obvious that this whole operation here on defense is not working the way that it should, given the talent on the team. And that there are players on the team that are clearly not in love with what's going on. Joe Witt was a coach who was not in love with what was going on, and so he dipped. Jair Alexander, clearly not happy with the way that this, this defense is being coached. And so that stuff is important. And you have to be willing to say, well, maybe I'm wrong about this. I like Joe Barry. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my players are right. Maybe the media is right. 
look, I'm not saying that like we are right all the time for sure. That is that is 100% true. We are not. 50% of the time, we're right every time. But there, there is going to be a change made here. I'm very confident in that. Whether it's fait accompli, I don't know. I don't know if this was decided post-Panthers game, post-Tampa Bay game. I don't know. Was it part of the reconciliation with Jair Alexander to say, look, I know you hate this defense. Just come back. Be a good soldier for the last month of the season. Let's try and make a run in the playoffs and we'll figure it out. I don't I, I, I don't know if that's that has been speculated. I don't know if that's true. I don't. It, it almost doesn't matter because we know this can be better. Matt LaFleur tends to have a bad poker face. And when he's trying not to say something, he tries really hard not to say that thing. And this was one of those cases where he was doing everything he could. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Makes it kind of obvious what's going on. And speaking of things he did not want to talk about, the future of David Bakhtiari was one of those things. And it's a big pivot point this offseason. We're going to talk about it in just a second here Unlocked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, billion with a B, which makes it the best place to hire because hiring is easy when you have qualified candidates. So easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire, so they have a quick, intuitive, and easy process. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today, here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Matt LaFleur was asked about the future of David Bakhtiari. And I went to pull the clip so I could play it for you. So you could hear the non-answer Matt LaFleur gave. And I, I ultimately didn't because I'm like, this is gobbledygook. It's, it's a non-answer. He was asked, do you expect David Bakhtiari to be back? He paused. And he was like, he's a hell of a player. And he kind of turned it back on the, the the reporter who asked the question that didn't say we want him back didn't say we expect him back said yeah, there's a lot of things we got to work through we got to talk to David it sounded like a coach who knew 
David Bakhtiari was not going to be a Green Bay Packer in 2024. That's what it sounded like. Now, whether or not this is just like done and we don't have to even think about it anymore, we'll see. We'll see. And even, even if something happens, we won't know if this was just like a done deal unless we get reporting to that effect. But that's not why I wanted to bring it up. This was Matt LaFleur being asked about it and then giving that not answer was a nice way for me to segue into discussing the decision here with David Bakhtiari because it's not just as simple as move on. It's not. And it's not for a number of reasons. Why people want to move on. He's hurt. He's hurt. And he's been hurt since 2020. And you can't rely on him to play in 2024. And he is $40 million on your cap in 2024. The only way he will play for the Green Bay Packers in 2024 is on a new deal. Now, what does that look like? I would think you could do something like $10 million in, in base salary and lower his cap number and save a bunch of money and still push the, the guaranteed money out that you still owe him because that's the thing. It doesn't matter post-June 1, pre-June 1. The money's the same. It's it's $20 million in cap savings or thereabouts regardless. Trade, cut, pre-June 1, post-June 1. Doesn't matter. So that would be if you, if you want the money and you don't think he can play reliably or he doesn't want to be there, we don't know, right? We don't know if he wants to be in Green Bay. He might want to be in New York with his buddy. He might. Now MetLife, they play on that turf that he hates. Maybe not his number one choice. Maybe he wants to be a part of this rebuild. He seemed pretty into the success that the team was having at the end of the year. Remember how reinvigorated everyone was by 2019? All these veterans who were there and they were just sort of like, yeah, it's kind of sucked the last couple of years. This was fun. Brian Belaga said it was the most fun he'd ever had playing football in 2019. Because winning is fun. Being at, be, coming back and proving people wrong, that's fun. That's David Bakhtiari lives for that. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's just over. I, I think there are real, I, I'm probably in the minority of people who believe that there is a real path to David Bakhtiari being back if he wants to be back. Rashid Walker was really good, but you're probably, he's under contract and David Bakhtiari is an all pro if he's on the field. Like you just, like, it could be the case that between Zach Tom and David Bakhtiari, you have the number one offensive tackle duo in the league. You've got Rashid Walker as a swing tackle instead of Yash Nyman, who came in and played materially worse for Zach Tom in this divisional round. His absence, Zach Tom's, was a big reason why the offense bogged down a little bit in the fourth quarter. More than a little bit. But for the same reasons that People want him gone or think that he will be gone. The injury. It makes it difficult to move him. Because you don't want to just cut him. There's no benefit to that. There's no value in that. And there are teams out there, teams like the New York Jets, who are desperate enough to give you real stuff for David Bakhtiari. But he's hurt. This is why he's not playing. He's hurt. Could he pass a physical today? When the original re-injury and surgery happened, the timeline that we were given was hopes to be ready by training camp next year. 
That does not sound like a guy who's going to pass a physical February, March, or even April before the draft, which is ideally when you'd like to get a deal done, you want to get a second round pick or whatever it is for that guy, whatever it is, you take whatever you can get because it's more than nothing, which is what you'll get if you cut him. I don't know what what the value is there. When you have to renegotiate an extension, I would assume if he want if it's someplace he wants to go, he would do it for a relatively low number. That's why I think ultimately it might make the most sense for David Bakhtiari to just stay in Green Bay, negotiate an extension that becomes a two year deal with some void years, try and win a Super Bowl, and then and then see. Because let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers is not he's not going to play five more years or whatever. Like, this is just not going to happen. But in order to be traded, you got to pass a physical. Now, I I believe, I believe it is the case that if the Jets were to just say, look, whatever, it's fine. We can waive it. I believe they can do that. Don't quote me on that. I, I believe that is the case. Again, this does not come up very often, but a desperate team in a situation like that might want to do it. That's why this is complicated. Because what what is the value to Green Bay of trading him in June? You had to carry his money. You couldn't use it in free agency. So there really isn't value in doing that. And then the closer you get to the season, the less value you're going to get because he's $40 million in the cap. Like you just don't want to do that. Now, again, they can cut him and save the money, but they'd rather get something for him. This is not like with Aaron Rodgers where they couldn't, like that money's just accelerated onto their cap no matter what. No, no. They can wait the day before the season and cut him and they save the money, but it's kind of too late at that point. So there's a lot of tentacles in here. Maybe Rashid Walker has played well enough that you just say, look, get what you can. If you can get another, I mean, imagine another top 100 pick that you could get here. The Jets already, you already, you're already getting their second. First round pick swap? Just, I'm like, if David Bakhtiari is healthy, He's an all-pro caliber player. Would you would you be willing to do that for for Aaron Rodgers? Like this is the team you're really you're thinking about. But if that's the suitor, then maybe the thing, then maybe I think David Bakhtiari is probably smart enough to say, "Look, it doesn't make sense. Let's do an extension. Let's do two or three years." He's still a relatively young guy. Like, if they think this surgery is going to fix the problem, now that seems unlikely given the way that these things tend to work. But he might believe that. Say, hey, let's do an extension. You know I'm an all-pro and I'm healthy. I'm bought into this team. I, be- I believe in Jordan Love. I know I said we were, we, re- we were rebuilding. And let's go. I think that works. I think that works. Like, I, I think that there is a real scenario where that could end up being the way that this plays out. Do I think it's the most likely scenario? I, I think less than 50-50, he's back. But I think it's more like, I think it's closer to 40-60 than a lot of people realize. 
Like, I, I think there's still a non-zero chance, like a much higher than non-zero chance that he's back. Because we just saw the value of your offensive line depth. We've seen it over and over again. And for a, an offense that that was top five, top eight, depending on the metrics you want to look at, without him, think about how could how good they could be with him. So I don't think, it, this is not as simple as just save the money. Especially because when it's most useful to have the money starting in mid-March when the new league year rolls around, it seems unlikely he's going to be able to pass a physical. So how does that complicate the negotiations that are able to take place? And do you just end up having to cut him? And then in that case, now it's injury settlements and he could really rake them across the coals and it could get ugly if it, if it came to that. Like you can't, you can't just cut an injured player. So this is, this is not over by a long shot, not over by a long shot. Uh, We're going to talk about something that I'm a little sad about, but is an interesting question to me about this receiver room and the future of it and the additions potentially necessary to it. We're going to talk about all that in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The regular season, over. But the postseason, man, we're almost done. We're almost done with this thing. Championship games, Super Bowl, that's it. That's it. Then we have to Then we have to gamble on basketball if we have to. No, actually, basketball is fun, I have to say. Futures, I love a basketball future. I really do. Uh, but don't take away my football yet. Still plenty of fun to be had with these football games. So enjoy it while you can. And right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Hey, the Bucks, they won last night. Was it pretty? No. Did I enjoy it? Mostly no. (laughs) But if I had a bet on it, I could have won money on it. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of a game that is just gut-wrenching to watch against a bad team when your squad does not look as good as they should, is you can at least win some money on it. So do that. Do that. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. A little basketball. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but Let's talk about being prepared. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right when it's the season when everyone gets sick. That's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or my kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medications they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat A long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and many others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been easier or more important than today to be prepared. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers your first listen every day. 
We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. The last thing I want to hit here as I'm going through the list of positions and how I want to evaluate the draft and and go go through and watch these guys and you know do the the process that I go through every offseason for those of you new it's like my favorite thing to do. I love to watch these guys, learn about them, evaluate them, take my notes, do all those things. Try and identify Packers types. Did a really good job of it last year. Lucas Van Ness, Dontavian Wicks, Grant DuBose. These are guys we were like, yeah, these are no doubt Packers types. Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, no doubt Packers types. Christian Watson, Quay Walker, even though we didn't think first round linebacker. Romeo Dobbs. I was screaming Romeo Dobbs is Packers type. Zach Tom, A1 Packers type. The one position I'm pretty confident is not going to be something that they focus on is receiver. And it seems like the first time in I don't know how long since that's been true. Now, of course, it would be hilarious if they use a first-round pick on a receiver because they never do that and they do it at a time when they don't have a glaring need at receiver. But I was going back through it. And I was like, what position they could draft in the first, let's just say three rounds, where that guy, the expectation, you walk in day one with the expectation that guy's going to start. What What is the position? I can think of two. Safety, linebacker. But Devondre Campbell's Contract is complicated. I don't know that it makes sense to move on from him this offseason, which complicates the roster build, frankly. I think safety, absolutely. First round, second round, especially. You're going to expect that guy to walk in and start. But now that the Packers have fallen down the draft order, they're 25th in the first round, you're not going to get any of these high-end stud receivers like Malik Neighbors, Marvin Harrison Jr., like those... Those are not just pipe dreams. Those are just like fever dreams. That's It is never happening. I know that like, I, I hate the people that are like, oh, they're never falling. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors are never, fa- never falling to 25. Never, never. And if they do, it'll be because of some weird freak injury that will take them off the Packers board or some weird off the field thing that'll probably take them off the Packers board. So, They're out. When you look across the roster, they have such positional versatility and they are, and Matt LaFleur talked about this, going to work hard to figure out what the deal is with Christian Watson's hamstrings. Get that boy in some Bikram yoga classes ASAP. You got to be drinking water, Christian, working on mobility, like yoga. Lose one mile per hour from the top end and and gain the ability to be on the field all the time. And that's totally cool. 
the <laughs> I still think they believe in him as a number one, and I do too, frankly. I do too. Just think about how different this team was. The Lions game, the plays that he made against the Chiefs, going up in the end zone, making those leaping catches, the, the bomb against Detroit. His ability to change the numbers, to change the geometry, it's all there. This is a deep, fun, Bo Melton catching touchdowns in the divisional round. Like, come on. This team is loaded right now at the skill positions. And the reason I, I tease this is that I'm a little sad about it is that it's my favorite position to scout. My favorite position to watch and evaluate. And because the Packers have such a clear type, it narrows down the number of players that are obvious for them. There are clear statistical markers that history says we should care about. Dominator rating. Breakout age. And... I, I just think that like the track record we have here is that the Packers are good at this and so care about their markers and the historical statistical thresholds are useful and, and pretty good at predicting and so use them. And so we're actually, of all the positions, to me, I think the easiest one in a lot of ways to project is receiver. That's just how I feel about it. So now if I have to worry about all these other spots, that makes it a lot more complicated for me because I feel a lot less confident in what the historical numbers say. I feel less confident in my own ability to evaluate them. I, I The Packers have less obvious types when it comes to some of these positions. So that just complicates selfishly for me. But also it's really fun to picture, oh, that that young, new, fast receiver in this offense. It is. And I'm not saying they, they wouldn't do it I think that they're going to consistently take best player available. Like they drafted Randall Cobb in 2011, but Donald Driver was at the end. Um, James Jones, a free agent. Like there, there are a lot of factors there. Greg Jennings was, I think, two years away from being a free agent. Like there, there. Were, Jordy Nelson had, ju- had just done some things. Like starting in week 16, there were a lot of question marks still there. Yeah, 2011 looks awesome, but like Jordy Nelson exploded in 2011. We didn't know that that was going to be the case. So this is just like, we haven't seen a situation like this. It's going to be a defense heavy draft. I think again, get ready for that. And that's probably the right call. And and we're going to learn probably a bunch of stuff about the new defensive coordinator, whoever that is. We will talk more about that. If there is a change, we will go live. If there is a change, yes, we will go live. If the Packers move on from Joe Barry to hit every possible angle of that one. I, I continue to believe that speaking of things that are, Better than 50-50 or worse than 50-50. I think we're way better. I think it's like 75-25 he's got. But we'll see. Oh, I've been wrong before for sure. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live over on our YouTube page, go subscribe over there so you can stay Locked on Packers.